Lord, we have nothing to be afraid of. You are our everything. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We'll pray and I'll let you be seated. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing tonight. Come on, could you make contact with somebody real quick? Lord, we feel you moving in this place. Lord, and we're going to celebrate the graduates after, Lord, but we haven't come to be ceremonial. Lord, we know that you've got a word for us tonight. And we have come with an expectation to receive that word and to see you move. Lord, I pray that faith would be in this house, Lord. I lose faith, God. For the remaining time that we're going to be in here, let your perfect will be done. Lord, anoint me as I deliver your word. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more time as you're seated, will you clap your hands unto him? Praise God. Tonight I want to preach to you for just a little while on this subject. Define what's expected. Define what's expected. What's expected tonight is we have a sweet little service and then go eat some cake. Nothing too crazy. But we will see if we can get beyond what might be expected tonight. I've come to preach faith. So if you came looking for something else, you're going to be disappointed. I am excited about what God is doing in the earth in this hour. I'm excited about what he's doing in the greater faith body across every campus. And I am thankful that he has chosen me to be a part of his kingdom. I was looking at a survey a few days ago, and I'm going to show this because it's reality, but I want you to look at these stats with faith. I want you to choose to see that God is still on the throne and that he has a plan. The American Worldview Inventory, which is an annual survey that examines the perspectives of adults aged 18 and over in the United States, found the following statistics. And I will add that before looking at these, while we cannot say what the percentages would be for those younger than 19, I believe that we could say that with the condition of our world, that it is probable that the percentages would either equate to that of the millennials or perhaps be even worse. On this first slide that I'm going to show you, it's going to show you the percentage of the generation that don't know, don't care, or don't believe that God exists. In the builder generation, which is ages 76 to 94, 
of that generation doesn't know, doesn't care, doesn't believe that God exists. 28% for the baby boomers. 31% for Generation X, which is for the people ages 38 to 56. And then you will see for the millennials, ages 19 to 37, that 43% of the generation do not know, do not care, or do not believe that God exists. This second slide, you're going to see the percentage of the generation that say one should treat others as you want them to treat you. The builder generation, 90% of that generation says we agree with that statement. 81% of the baby boomers say we agree with that statement. It drops to 53% in Generation X that say we agree with that statement. And then it drops below 50% and goes to 48% for the millennial generation. More than not say we disagree that you should treat others as you want to be treated. Slide number three, you're going to see the percentage of the generation that agree with the statement that you should try to get even with people who have wronged you. Ten percent of the builder generation agree with that. Twelve percent of the baby boomers agree with that. It hops up to 33 percent for Generation X and it continues to climb. To 38%, 38% of the millennial generation surveyed said that we agree that you should try to get even with those who have wronged you. On this last slide, you're going to see that millennials are far more likely than other generations to define success in life as happiness, personal freedom, or productivity without oppression. They are far more likely to consider an abortion performed to reduce personal, economic, or emotional discomfort to be morally acceptable. And they are far more likely to consider premarital relations with someone expected to be their future spouse to be morally acceptable. Sociologist George Barna says that Generation X and the Millennials have solidified dramatic changes in the nation's central beliefs and lifestyles, that the family unit and traditional family practices have been reshaped, and that the influence of the Christian church has diminished while the influence of arts, entertainment, and news media has exploded. An increasingly godless society and generation, you could say. And when you look at these numbers, it is possible that you might be discouraged by what you see. We understand that we live in perilous times. We understand that we live in a world that is a chaotic, confused mess. Many liken it to Sodom. Sodom, that evil and corrupt city, a city that the outcry against it had reached God's ears. 
And God had decided to rain disaster and destruction down. There weren't even ten righteous people that could be found in Sodom. And Sodom is often preached about. It's often talked about how nobody wanted to be saved in Sodom. And we can look at our world and we can say this is Sodom and we can give up. We can look at the culture and we can say that nobody wants to be saved. And let's just make sure that we're saved. We can look at the statistics that are worse than ever and we can accept the expectation that it is just going to flame out completely. We can say that the days of packed buildings are over because the world has changed. We can say that it will never be the same again. That for many people, they believe the expectation is that church going forward will just be little pockets of people here and there. The expectation is that the New Testament congregations of many thousands is unlikely to happen. Because our world has gone mad. We can say it's not worth it. And we can stop going all out anymore. We can stop seeking to find people to teach a Bible study to. Because hey, nobody wants a Bible study anyway. We can stop passing out those invite cards. Because every time we do, nobody comes. We can stop knocking doors. Because hey, what's the use? Our world is abominable. Just look at the percentages. We can say this generation is toast. That they don't want God. That there's just a brick wall of resistance. That does not seem like it's going to go away. I know everybody doesn't believe that. I believe most people in this building believe the opposite. But that's the expectation. That is prevailing. In our world. And prevailing in a lot of the church. The expectation is that we've seen the greatest days. There's a lot of people that are just waiting on the Lord to come. Just saying, come on and come get us. Because we're all done here. We keep preaching, but nothing's happening. That cloak of witchcraft remains. That wall of resistance, it remains. And we can sit down and we can be sad. And we can stop pursuing calling. And we can stop pursuing ministry. And we can stop praying and we can stop fasting. And we can stop being radical. And we can say, what's the use? Or we can choose to fight that lie of the devil tonight. We can choose to not grow weary. In well-doing, we can choose not to faint. We can choose to stay at it until it breaks. We can keep reading verses like Acts 17 that says, And it shall come to pass. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We can choose to believe that our sons and our daughters are going to go to hell in a handbasket, or we can choose to believe that they shall prophesy. That our young men shall see visions. And that our old men shall dream dreams. We can choose to think about another city tonight. A city that like Sodom 
was a deeply corrupted Gentile city. It was full of violence. It was full of hate. It was the capital of the enemy of Israel. Sennacherib was the first king to make it his permanent residence. And Genesis 10-11 tells us that Nimrod built it. It was a city that liked Sodom. The outcry against it had reached God's ears. It was a city that was called that great city. It was great in territory. It was great in structure. It was great in population. And yes, it was great in the magnitude of sin too. But a prophet, one prophet, walked up in the middle of that city and he began to preach that overthrow is coming, that judgment is coming, and something unexpected happened. That city repented. That city turned from their wickedness. That city heeded the preaching of the prophet. And there was a revival that defied what was expected. I've come to preach tonight about a city like Nineveh. That when you looked at it, you didn't look at Nineveh and say, wait for it. There's a revival coming. You didn't look at Nineveh and say something powerful is about to come out of that city. You could have looked at Nineveh and the percentages probably would have been a lot worse for their millennials than it is in this nation. You would have looked at Nineveh and said, it's over, it's toast. It's not worth it. It's not worth going and preaching to it. It's not worth it in the streets of Nineveh. They're never going to listen. It is a disaster. You could look at Nineveh and say that nobody wants to come to church. Or you can look at Nineveh and you can dare to believe that what is expected can be defied. You can look at those statistics and you can give up and quit. Or you can say we will defy what is expected. That the greatest revival is going to come in the millennial and the generation Z generations. We will never quit because that great city called Louisville. And when I say Louisville, I speak of the metro because we've got cities in Indiana, but that great city, yes, there's a great magnitude of sin. Yes, there's humanism and liberalism abounding and witchcraft and hate and violence. And you can wish that you were in a small country town with just a handful of people that were just good, honest people going to church. Or you can be thankful that God has planted you in a great city. You can be thankful that God has placed you somewhere that if you'll dare to believe, you can defy what is expected. You can dare to believe that revival can come to the Bartstown area. You can dare to believe that revival can come to downtown Louisville. You can dare to believe that revival can come to Jeffersonville. You can dare to believe that the revival we've seen at UML is only the tip of the iceberg to what is coming. We will defy what is expected. For 20 years, I've had a bishop and first lady and a people of God plowing, pressing toward what is going to come. And as I prayed yesterday in my basement, I felt a wave of faith.
Because for 20 years, there's been planting and watering and praying and sowing. For 20 years, there's been warring and believing and revival and harvest and sifting and revival and harvest. And it's brought us to this moment. It's brought us to this moment where it feels like it's harder than ever to have revival. It's brought us to this moment where we see a generation that feels more godless than ever. But I'm telling you that there is a generation that is rising up. I'm telling you that 20 years of this man's preaching and teaching has been put into the DNA of this church and the city. And I'm telling you that we are going to defy what is expected. There is something building. At some point, the tree grows out of control. At some point, it overflows. At some point, ministries begin to blossom like never before. At some point, the last 20 years begins to pay off in a way that blows everybody's mind. The ministries that are on the rise, one of them, graduate, Brother Dondar. Been in MIT for 17 months. He's been here most of his life under that man. Guys like Matt and Colton that are coming up. We've got great men of God. But you haven't seen nothing yet. God is going to continue to add to that. We've got these three young men. They've got close to 20 years of that man and that woman in their spirit. And we've got tons that are on the way. I'm telling you at some point we are going to flip this city upside at some point the millennials begin to take the baton at some point the youth begin to take the baton I was thinking about David you know David it's a familiar story don't let it bore you Bible says he was but a youth. Goliath looked at him and he disdained him because he was but a youth. Saul said, you can't go to war. You're but a youth. But David said, I will defy what is expected. David said, it's not me that's supposed to be on this battlefield, but I don't really care what your expectations is of me. I don't care if you think I'm supposed to be 20 or 25 or 30 before God anoints me. I don't care how old you think I got to be before I'm over a youth group or over a congregation or evangelizing. I don't care what you think of me. God's looking for a David. The devil does not underestimate youth because he was there that day when David took on Goliath. He doesn't underestimate this group, but all too often there's an expectation. And I've come to preach to some young people tonight and challenge you to defy what is expected. The expectation is that you won't just keep playing video games until you're 18 or 20 years old. The expectation is that you can't teach Bible studies because that's for adults. The expectation is that you can't be one of the most powerful prayer warriors because that's for the adults. The expectation is that you can't be a catalyst in worship because you just gotta sit there and wait till you get a little bit older. The expectation is that you'll just keep playing basketball but you might not stir anything up the expectation is that you might go into sin but is there a Samuel is there a prophet that will say while others 
in my generation are committing sin, I will hear the voice of the Lord and I will allow him to operate. The expectation is that a youth group can't be the leaders in a revival, but I've come to preach that you can defy what is expected. At some point, it gets out of control. At some point, some of you begin to tap in to what the Lord has called you into. Say, Tabaha. I begin to see our youth group yesterday. Last Thursday night, I'm almost done. Last Thursday night, I think it was when we were having that crazy prayer meeting. Bishop began to walk around. He began to just touch people. And as soon as he would touch them, it was like they would lose their mind. As soon as he would touch them, it was like the Holy Ghost would just absolutely begin to take them all over the place. And that's where I feel like we are as a church and as a youth group and as a millennial generation. I feel like the Lord's getting ready to come by and just kind of touch some of you. The Lord's getting ready to launch some of you into some prayer and into some fasting and into some Bible study teaching and into some worship. The Lord's about to come by some of you and he's going to touch some of you and you're going to begin to become a David that can dance and that it can break the chain of the adversary you're going to begin to become a David that when the drug addict walks in that your praise breaks the chains I challenge you to defy what is expected I challenge you to trust that God wants to use you right now Micah, you keep defying what is expected. The expectation a couple years ago is that you weren't going to be here tonight. The expectation is that as soon as you turned 18, you were going to be out there, but you defied what was expected. The expectation is that daddy and mama give up and say he's a lost cause. He's not coming back, but they refuse. They said we will defy what it will break that spirit that seems unbreakable. There's not a lot of people that come back from that, Brother Clark. But when you refuse to accept the expectation, it can change. Brendan, I challenge you to defy what is expected. I challenge you, you've always been yoked up with Don Don and Ethan. I remember when y'all came into greater youth. Y'all three, it was like you were shot out of a cannon. He was a little bit ahead of y'all, but when y'all came in, there was something, there was a unity, there was a synergy, there was a passion, and the enemy has been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, but I challenge you, to defy what is expected that if you will begin to yoke up with Don Don and Ethan again I believe there is a fresh shot out of the cannon that's about to come I believe that y'all are about to shake this youth group I've seen your worship brother Levi Keep defying what is expected. 
I've seen you eating at three services. I've taken notice. You've been here for a year and a half. The Lord sees it. And just as he blessed that man right there, because at a young age, he said, I'll go all day if that's what the church needs. God will bless you. God sees you. And I believe that these three, that though they have great fathers, their fathers are some of the greatest men in our church. I believe it's the will of God for their generation to be greater than the former. Some of you, you're in two parent homes, one parent in the church, one not. The expectation is that you'll battle to live for God. The expectation is that it'll be hard for you. But I challenge some of you that have a parent not in the church to defy what is expected. I challenge you to make up your mind tonight that I'm going all in with God and that I am going to be what he's called me to be. Come on, we're about to fight, defy what is expected. We're about to defy what is expected. I don't care if every other church gives up. I don't care if every other church says we're just bound to see another way. So we might as well just lose our fight. We might as well just throw in the towel. We are going to see it. I'm not saying this for hyperbole, but we are. There's a word we're going over a thousand. There is a word that we're going to have 50 congregations. There is a word. The enemy would say, why build a building that big? Why? Because it's not expected that we'll ever see those kind of crowds again. The devil is a lie. We will build it because we are going to defy what is expected. I wish you would find somebody right now to begin to touch and agree with. Come on, there's a revival coming to our youth groups. There's a revival coming to our millennials. There's a revival coming to this church. There's a revival coming to Jeffersonville. There's a revival coming to Louisville. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how impossible it seems. I'm telling you, something is about to break. I'm telling you, the resistance is going to break. The wall is going to come down. The devils are going to be put on the run. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. I dare you to lose your mind. Come on, we're going to have fun in the back. But for just a few minutes here, I dare you to lose your minds. I dare you to come unglued. I dare you to let the Holy Ghost pray through you to up, in, and topple. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, press. Come on, press. Come on, that's it, Aubrey. You're just a young lady. People might say you're too young to go to deep, deep waters, but I challenge you to defy what is expected. 
I challenge you to go deep in the Holy Ghost and to become an intercessor that can shake this city. I wish I had some baby boomers. I wish I had some middle aged that would find a young person and find a millennial and begin to say, I believe you're going to defy what's expected. Find somebody and begin to pray that something would break in their life. Oh, you're not supposed to have this kind of church on Senior Sunday. We're defying what was expected. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Pray with somebody. Pray with authority. Speak something over their life. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah,